Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Talks and Tastings Studio, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast. The show that shows what, Dicker? Shows you what's behind the collar. I'm Bullhagen. I'm Bert. I'm Vicker. And I'm Peter. Hey, all right, we got Peter here with us today, all right. Yeah, person. He's even got his hat on that says producer. I'm the producer. What what do you produce? Oh, yeah, that's right, you produce the show. That's good. (laughs) Welcome welcome to the show. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a while. I always thought we should get a hat like that for Vicker. (laughs) Vicker, right? Just put Vicker? P.I.T., pastor in training. Well, no, he's he's got five kids, so Ah, he's a producer. Producer. Yeah. Hey. No, that's that's great. I mean, there's, Wonderful. there's people on like movies they've got like title of Wrangler. It's like that might be the right one for me. Wrangler. So like wrangling your children basically, getting them going in the right direction. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Y- yesterday Vickers uh, family popped in to hand out a few valentines and it's yeah. always funny because they come in for about 10 minutes just utter chaos yep. and then they leave and then you're just kind of left standing, what just happened? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, there's a bit of that, yeah. It's like, whew. Okay. They are very lively. You know, really, it is very reminiscent of the, the Bullhagen family. They said the same of us. Would you say, Pete? Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. That's, it's not a bad thing. And, and and your daughter is a lot like our daughter at that age. We had a phrase called <laughs> Gracie Land. Gracie Land, huh? What, yeah. What's this? Is this like some imaginary country? Because uh, I love imaginary countries. <laughs> yeah, it's we like a, a three-year-old Bertlandia. <laughs> Bert- <laughs> Bertlandia. Yeah. Okay. Is that the name of it? What no, is no. It? It's Bertonia. Bertonia. Yeah, that's all right. Don't worry. It's okay. It's okay. I yeah. hope I didn't start a war. In- <laughs> no, yeah. The armies have started marching already. It's 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 happening. <laughs> There's nothing you can do to stop it. <laughs> Bertlandia would be a good name for like a limousine line. Bert. <laughs> Okay. Mm, I like it. You like Bertlandia? So you can roll up in your Bertlandia limousine and come out and host the Clerical Errors podcast and uh, get out in the red carpet and, you know, come on in to the Talks and Tasting studio and here you are. And Maybe, maybe next episode. Maybe next episode. We'll, we'll, we'll all put right. all the stops for that. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. One so, Peter, you brought a drink today, a beverage. I did. So I I was in the quote-unquote big city, which is... Slightly larger town than Hampton, and uh, I I was in High V, and they have C two O coconut water with espresso. Oh. Wow, it sounds exotic. So it's it's supposed to be just coconut water, but it's got espresso in it as well. Huh. One hundred ninety nine milligrams of caffeine per can. One hundred ninety. Wow. Now now Peter, he is kind of an energy drink aficionado. Out of necessity. Yeah, I'd have to be. Uh, I got, what, two and a half hours of sleep before coming here for this uh, recording? After working for 12 hours? That was fun. And then we're going to go celebrate your brother's birthday. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure that I'm going to stay awake. <laughs> because of your work schedule, either you're tired or we're all tired. <laughs> oh, goodness. This is a lot more espresso-y than I expected it to be. All right. This is technically coconut water. It's very brown, though. Oh, we're we're actually you're actually giving it to us to. Oh, I see. You're. you're is this is sort of like 
Oh, you've never had a beverage on the on the podcast. No, have I you? never have. I, I've I've always seen it happen. I guess. I so guess. So this is why it's called the talks and tastings. That's how ah. it. And what happened is we started running out of things. Hmm. So I I went I went to the the healthy section of High V because it's always the weirdest stuff over there. So here we go. Bottoms up, boys. Is this supposed to have bits floating in it? Yeah, it's, that's the espresso. Oh, it, I, don't, I it don't know. Tastes just like cold coffee. That's what it tastes like. That's the vibe I'm getting. Yeah, it just tastes like cold. Like it's got a little bit of a creamier finish, though. Like yeah, the, the coconut. Yeah. It looks like the water that's left over in the coffee pot, though. <laughs> it does look like that. Yeah. It looks like it's got those little floaters in there when the coffee's been in there for a couple of months. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> looks like gravy. <laughs> I, it, I bet you they just use powder, powdered espresso. Probably. And that's probably just what this is. This probably say just shake well before pouring? It or? did, and I did shake it. I don't know if you heard. No, I didn't. I, I, didn't I definitely it. shook it. I trust you. I trust you, Pete. So it's listen- not going to kill you because I didn't shake it, so... So, listener, what are you having while you're listening to episode number 99? Can you believe that? That's amazing. It's wonderful. By the way, plenty more here if you guys want some. Otherwise, uh, by the end of the podcast, you'll probably doubt oh, it because I again. need more caffeine. Hit me again. <laughs> there we go. i got to cleanse my palate with my Diet Coke. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. It's just not my, not my well, forte. Well, it's actually not bitter. I thought it'd be a little bitter. No, it's, it's, like, a, it's like Starbucks iced coffee-esque. With a little less cream, I would say. So, Bert, what are you preaching on on the first Sunday in Lent? That's a great question. I'm actually thinking about what I'm preaching on for Ash Wednesday, but I will probably preach on the gospel reading because I usually do that on Sundays. And the gospel reading is an excellent gospel reading because it talks about Jesus uh, defeating our direst enemy. Uh, it'll be the, uh, the uh, account of uh, Jesus' temptation from the gospel of Matthew, right? Yeah, what yep. do you got from that, Vicar? Can you... Yeah. Want me to read it? Uh, give us the highlights. Tell yeah. us what we need to know. Yeah, so this is this is Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. It's right after Christ's baptism. He's sent out into the wilderness. And while there, after 40 days, Satan comes and starts tempting him, first with food, understandably. It's been mm-hmm. 40 days without food. And then takes him up to the pinnacle of the, tab- of the temple and you know uses scripture and says, oh, if you throw yourself down, God will save you. And mm-hmm. Jesus corrects him. And then Satan takes him up to a high mountain, shows him all of the world, all of the wealth, and says, if you worship me, I'll give this to you. And Jesus basically tells him to, you know, go, just go run away, because this is stupid. <laughs> yeah, I think that all plays into that wonderful passage that Paul talks about in Philippians uh, chapter 2, I think, where he talks about how he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. You know, and uh, And you think about how that grasping language plays in with how we got into this predicament in the first place, right? Where um, the woman saw that the food was good for for food and desirable to make one wise, and she took and she ate it, and she gave some to her husband who was standing right there with her, and and he ate it as well. And uh, you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And here comes Jesus, who is God in the flesh, and yet he doesn't do what God does. He does what we should have done. You know, he does this for us. Uh, for for our salvation. So what yeah. I'm going to do, I'm I'm going to pivot because <laughs> we had talked about maybe a top twelve list. Mm. You know. Okay. We're going to do a new top twelve list today. Okay. Because this is sometimes how I write a sermon. You mm. <laughs> the top twelve list is the sermon prep. I I uh, will list out uh, sermon themes. Oh okay. So we're going to come up with the top twelve th- sermon themes from this 
text. Okay, just, right? Just this text? Just this text. Sweet. Because I just looked in the Old Testament readings, Genesis 3, which connects really nicely. It's like, oh, but if, okay. All right. Do you think we could do this? I think we could do this. Let's try it. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking right now. I'm trying to. Peter, what do you think about this idea as a producer? Uh, it's going to take some time, I think. Okay. I think you're going to have trouble coming up with 12. Oh, no, not a chance. 12, 12 uniquely individual. Yeah. Okay. Um, so do you want me to just riff, and then if you guys come up with one, just throw them in? Yeah, sure. Riff. Riff on. All right. I guess we can do that. But first, what do we have to do? Peter, play the intro. <laughs> you, don't have to, you don't have to yell. I'm right here. Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's Top 12. It's going to be fun the whole episode. All right, number 12. Number 12. Temptation is a debate of theology. Okay. Yeah, because... Right. Good. What what do do you think I mean by that? Well, so like, 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 uh, you know... um, it's like Joshua standing there in front of the people of Israel and saying, choose this day whom you will serve, you know, mm-hmm. um, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Um, you know, there, there is, uh, there's, you, you cannot serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You know, and, and here comes Satan tempting, uh, and uh, he wants Jesus to serve him, basically, serve his needs and by serving and, himself. And, and did you notice... And you could point back to Genesis chapter 3, which is the Old Testament reading. Right. How, uh, in some way, it's a debate about what did God say, mm. which is kind of the heart of mm. theology. Sure. What did God say? Mm-hmm. It started off with uh, the, in Adam, or Eve and the devil in, in uh, the Garden of Eden. Here, it's an argument of, well, this is what God's word says, the devil said, in a way which contradicted his interpretation of it. There you go. And right. so uh, at the heart of temptation is really theology, which is an important lesson if you're preaching it, because there is can be a tendency to be adverse to, to theology. Just mm. give us Jesus. Mm. I think uh, uh, one of our friends, Chris, Pastor Chris Christian, would also just say Jesus. that. Just Jesus. Yes. Just Jesus. Yeah, he wouldn't like that sermon. No theology. No theology, just Jesus. And sometimes turkey. <laughs> sometimes turkey. Right, exactly. <laughs> Uh, number 11. Would our producer be able to keep track of what number we're on? I... All right. I got I got it. I got it. All right. We're on 11. Number 11. Number 11. Number 11 is Christ defeated temptation for you. Sweet. Right. Just a simple uh, understanding that uh, when we are faced with temptation, we do so already as forgiven children of God, already in Christ who defeated all those temptations for us. So, Right. The battle is joined there between Christ and the devil, and uh, Christ comes out victorious. Good. Excellent. Now, I'm surprised that this came up quite so early. I expected this to be, you know, number one or number two. Hmm. No. Well, see, practicality speaking, that's what I do when I sometimes prepare a sermon where I'll have my top... I'll list out some themes, and then I can't. I have to look at it before I actually pick which one I'm going to preach. So this isn't. Uh, this is not in order of greater to least or least to greater. This is just my 
top 12 of them. So so what percentage do you think of all sermons on this text you think are on that theme? I don't know if I understand your question. So like you you this is your top 12 different different uh sub what is it what what, what were you sermon use? themes sermon themes from this so text. What percentage of of all the pastors that preach this text what percentage of all those sermons do you think are that theme? Sixty percent. You think it's sixty? I think so. Okay, it could be. Perhaps. I think it's. I think it's a. It's a proven theme. Yeah. People bring that pony out all the time. <laughs> I mean, it's a good. It's a good right. pony. Yeah. Right. It, it, yeah. yeah. It's. It's solid. <laughs> it's like, why wouldn't you do it? Right. Exactly. Number ten. Number ten is. Uh, um, how would I wear this? I wear this. Uh, uh, the Temptation of Jesus, the Lord's Prayer in Reverse. The reason why I, I bring that is, is because everything that goes on that the devil tempts Jesus with is actually all parts of the Lord's Prayer. Give us this daily, this today our daily bread. How is that in the text? Well, that's that's the first temptation right there, you know. Uh, that uh, here he he's tempted to provide daily bread for himself, but he says man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Uh, lead us not in temptation. Obvious, right? Right, exactly. That's the second one. Thy kingdom come. That's the third one. It's the kingdom of this world versus the kingdom of our Lord. Yeah, right, right. Thy will be done. Right, the uh, whole thing, basically. <laughs> you know. Right, you know, where, mm-hmm. where in a sense, uh, and I'll address this in number nine. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. You had this in your head already, huh? You really so number nine. Yeah. Number nine. Seeking the kingdom without a cross. Mm. Okay. Isn't that what the devil offers uh, Jesus? Fall down and worship me, and I will give you all the kingdoms of this world. And what would Jesus not have to do? Die on the cross. Die on the cross. Right. Right. He would be able to have it all without having to suffer. And it's the same thing in the other two temptations as well, right? You know, mm-hmm. he would he would be able to have, uh, you know, the adulation of the crowds um, without having to have their rejection if he jumps off the temple, you know, and lands in front of everybody. And same thing with the bread, too. You know, I mean, he would be he would be filled without having to wait for the angels to come and minister to him. And then the application would be then uh, also for us in the sense of Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. There you go. We also have uh, crosses we bear in this earthly life, and there's no shortcut around that. Right. You bear the cross, but yet, what what does Christ offer you? The Eternal kingdom. life. The kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good. Where am I at? Number eight? Number eight. Number yep. Eight. Yep. You're number eight. Number eight. All right. So this is uh, more uh, contextual with the, the text. So uh, this uh, it would be a baptism sermon because... Uh, right before Jesus is led out in the spirit to the wilderness, what happens? He's baptized. So as soon as he's baptized, boom, he's, he's thrown thrown out in the wilderness. And uh, the the idea of this is, is uh, as a baptized child of God, in a sense, you're the prey. Mm-hmm. Everyone else he already has. Mm-hmm. And so, so as a baptized child of God, we need to understand... Um, that aspect, and but also with the understanding that the battle has already been won by our Lord. Right, right, exactly. That's good. Yeah, it reminds me of our study on Revelation that I've been doing lately, because you got that Revelation twelve passage where um, 
you know, you, you've got the woman who's about to give birth, you know, the Old Testament church culminating in, in Mary. Mm-hmm. And she gives birth to her firstborn son, who's quickly snatched up into heaven. I just knocked over the microphone. Sorry. Quickly snatched up into heaven. And uh, that, that's talking about the entire birth, life, suffering, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. And then uh, the dragon, who's there trying to eat the, the child uh, that was born, and, and the woman, trying to destroy them both, um, can't do it because the woman's taken to safety in, in the wilderness, uh, and all of her uh, children uh, are persecuted by the dragon there in the wilderness. They're mm-hmm. all attacked there. Uh, and that's, that's the church, basically, all those who believe in Jesus, all those who, who uh, um, keep his commandments. Yeah, excellent, wonderful. That's tying in. Quite nicely. Number seven. I have a lot of duh statements, I'll say. Duh. Okay. Right? Sure. And, and one of my duh statements is, is temptation is by nature tempting. <laughs> okay. And and what I, what I mean by that is, is when you think of temptation, a lot of people think, well, you know, um, uh, they, they downplay temptation because... It is uh, something that they say, well, I'm not affected by this or that. Well, everyone is tempted, but what are you tempted by? Hmm. And so um, in, in, this, in this account, uh, we remember that uh, the temptations for Jesus were real temptations. Right. Um, and uh, which will flow into the next one, number six. Hmm. But... In that light, then, um, this was really uh, a real form of suffering for our Lord. Right, right, very good. It's one way he suffered for you. He, he, uh, none of us would willingly, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we actually don't mind leading ourselves into temptation. This is what we do, <laughs> okay? We'll say, okay, you know what, I, I, uh, I'm going to, I'm not going to plan on doing this, but I'll leave all sorts of doors open for me to sin. <laughs> and, and we'll, we'll, we'll do that. I'll play that game until we're blue in the face. You know, you know, I won't do it. I'm not planning on doing anything, but. Right. Exactly. Well, it's just, it's, it's just a, um, a cloak for our wickedness really inside of our heart that that kind of attitude. Yeah. Yeah. But, but Jesus, when he went there, he really did. Mm-hmm. He really did, on our behalf, uh, encounter the fiercest temptations, and uh, we we think, well, well, those aren't, you know, seem strange to us. But if you've ever been without food for forty days, you're going to be tempted. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, and you know, we're tempted in the same way. I mean, it's it's just. Uh, um it's just hidden a little bit because like, you know, what are we talking about with being tempted with the food? You know, we're talking about our life, you know, and we all are tempted to think that our life is in the things of this world, Mm -hmm. our bread uh, or uh, our COVID vaccine or uh, (laughs) a segue, a future segue from me. Sorry. But yeah, stuff like that. You know, we tempted to think that this is our life when our life is really in God and his word. Yeah. So what number are we on? We have six down. We have six to go. Number six is next. Number six. Um, this is, uh, number six is, is quite simple, too. It is uh, uh, Jesus, uh, how would I wear this? Jesus conquered t- 
temptations as a man. It's mm. a good time to talk about the humanity of Jesus uh, uh, and the humiliation of Jesus. Vicar, what do we mean by the humiliation of Jesus? Well, we don't mean like being embarrassed. We're meaning his becoming of a human. That, right. That, na- that second nature of Christ, the, the second person. In, of the in a sense, Bert, when you say he set aside his, he, he set fully aside, God and fully man. Right, but he sets aside his divine power uh, to uh, suffer for us, and this is this part of that. Yeah, definitely. And so we may minimize the temptation by saying, well, of course, he's not going to fall for this. He knows the plan. But we remember, you know, he really was hungry. He really did suffer. And not only does he go out of his way to defeat the temptations, he shows us that as the weakest among us, in the most dire situation, he overcame them. Hmm. Hmm. And... uh and and so when anyone say, oh, yeah, certainly he was sinless, but look, I mean, what did he have to go through? Well, the Bible says, shows quite clearly that it was a wrenching thing he had to go through. And we cannot downplay these temptations as, oh, being a lightweight thing. He was, he was like you. He was like you, without sin, but like you. He hungered like you. He cried like you. He was betrayed like we are sometimes, uh, and uh, and yet, in the greatest form of that, he overcame. Hmm. So uh, that is number five, right? Right. So we need number four. Number four. Number five. Um. You want to do a tag team while you think of one? Sure. All right. All right. I'm thinking this way. Um, Jesus defeats temptation using God's word. You know, he believes God's word. God's word is is true and it is reliable and you can stake your life on it. Jesus has done this uh, and uh, he's done this for you <laughs> mm-hmm. in your place. And now he uh, he shows you that uh, that. Um, not in the same way necessarily, but he shows you that defeating temptation is a matter of God's word. And, uh, and this is yeah. interesting about what we're saying here yeah. is, is going back to the Jesus as a man and combining these two, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, he had to learn that. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so do we, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he actually had to, to learn that and know that. Yeah, exactly. Good, good. Yeah, you know, this this deal, he goes time after time, right, to the Word of mm-hmm. God, to the clear Word of God. So you can say God's Word is clear, God's Word defeats the devil, and uh, God's Word, you know, he can't stand it when, when, when uh, the devil can't stand it when God's Word is around. You know, so that's why Luther says it should be on our lips all the time and uh, things like that. Um, yeah, good. All right. Uh, this next one is kind of gimmicky, but I kind of like it. What, what are we on? We're on four? Three. Well, if you, if you choose if you choose to take mine, we're yeah, we're taking yours. Well, okay, okay, we're on three then. Three, number three. Number four. All right, this is a this is a callback to the Old Testament reading. All right, Jesus, you have blood on your heel. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I thought we were sticking with the original. No, no, it's perfect. It's perfect. Don't 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 mess with it. <laughs> the original. What do you the mean? The original verse. I thought we were sticking with the one verse. Well, it's 
<laughs> it is because um, it is, okay, you have Eden, which was perfect, which was defiled by sin. Eden brought forth the wilderness in which we live now, and everything is in reverse. The, the promise that God gave to Eve uh, about crushing the head of the devil now is actually has begun to happen. And then, thus, um, the opposite of Eden, the wilderness, the paradise that was lost, now Jesus enters in the wilderness to, in the same way, confront the temptation and defeat the one uh, all along. And so the aim of this would be to show how the word of God holds together, how the promise that he made in Genesis chapter 3, he then fulfills uh, now in his life as soon as he is baptized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Begins to fulfill it, but yeah, yeah, yes. for sure. So so that is... Sweet. Number That's number three. So number two. Number three. Um... For the listener, he's, he's making a real uh, yeah, thinking face right tough, now. This is a tough one, huh? Hey, you, you want to tag in again? Is it okay sure, if I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's sort of like a like a like a a theme that's piggybacking on one of your other themes that sure. you brought through. But I think I think this is a good one though. Um, it's it's uh, the more opportune time because this time that Jesus is tempted mm-hmm. is uh, like a, a a preview of of the cross, really. Mm-hmm. Um, because here, you know, Jesus is tempted when he is thirsty and hungry and and out in the wilderness, but there's going to be another time that he thirsts, right? Mm-hmm. There's going to be another time that he is all alone, and there's going to be another time when he when he is uh, not in the wilderness, but underneath a dark sky, and uh, the sun refuses to shine on him, and he's tempted there as well, and yet he, he brings through uh, his... Um, work of of redeeming us from our sins. He suffers for them all there and and dies on the cross there for us. And so this this is uh, a uh, uh, the more opportune time thing. Cause, because th- that's what it says in the Gospel of Luke, I think, that uh, Satan left him for a more opportune time. Uh, so this is round one, mm-hmm. uh, and it's looking forward to round two, uh, where where the big showdown happens. So we got two more or is this one more? I, if you take that one, I think, I don't know. Let me count them up. One second. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We got two more. Two more. Okay. Uh, n- number two. Number two. Number two is just taking some some words of Jesus. Man does not live by bread mm. alone. And this would be a simple discussion on, uh, and I think it would be timely. Hmm. And that is uh, the fact that, that, uh, all that you need, Christ is in Christ, and he gives you. And, you know, we get worried and upset about so many things <laughs> um, that uh, to remember, even, even as he was hungry, he, he, he made a point of saying, uh, you live by the word of God. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and so when, I, I guess another way to reiterate or to, to kind of, because I'm, I like to think of weird, interesting ways of thinking about it. Is is uh, you could talk about about what is essential, right? That, that yeah. would that would be a timely what is thing. Essential. Well, that, that's what everybody's saying right now. What's essential, right? <laughs> right. Who are, are you? Are you an essential worker? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that, that's kind of demeaning if you think about it. You know. Some, I know. You know. I guess I'm not. 
Yeah, all the people that got fired aren't essential. Congratulations. <laughs> right, right. But the society didn't need you. That's right. terrible. That's horrible. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. Can I get the vaccine yet? No, you're you're, you're not essential. <laughs> It doesn't matter too much if oh you, you know, disappear. Oh, yeah. If you disappear. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So someone will replace you at Taco Bell. You know? oh, oh, dear. Lord you say that. Taco Bell's essential. It is. <laughs> I like how you think, Pete. Oh, I miss Taco Bell. I can't have Taco Bell right now. I yeah. almost had Taco Bell today. How's that going with you? you, you the... Well, I got another... Uh, appointment on Monday. Okay. To see, because I had a scope, um, and then was that a, a week ago, Monday or Tuesday, and I go and see what's what's going on. Okay. All right. Well, I pray that you have a good scope. I heard um, over text that they might be adding nuts now. I might be adding nuts and fish. Goodness. Ooh. It was already hard, but like taking away peanut butter from you. Peanut. Yeah, that's peanut butter is essential. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we are number one. Are we ready for number one? Number one. Number one. And number one. This turned out harder than you thought it was. Crickets. Well, I knew it would be hard. I mean, Vicker, we've got gotten one? 11. Vicker's got one. All right. Vicker, yeah. number one. Yeah. If is a most dangerous word. Ooh. There you go. I like that. Each time the devil comes to tempt him, he says, "If you are the son of God." Oh, you know. And we connecting back the most to import- Genesis, we've got that first thing he says. You know, did God really say? If this is really what he said, it's that that what if and questioning of God's authority. That's so, so that's you, great because you know here Jesus has just had God the Father speak to him from heaven, saying, "Behold, my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased." And what does the devil do right after that? He says, if you are the son of God, you know, and, and, and th- think about this. This is exactly what happened in the garden, too. God said, you do not eat from the tree of the knowledge. I'm, I'm taking all your thunder. I'm sorry. But I no, that's okay. Because Alamed, as, as we're going through all this, I'm thinking it's like, this sounds a little, I'm hearing this, this statement of his, you know, if you are. And it's like, yeah, I'm remembering uh, Reverend Fisk's book, Broken, where yeah. he says he has just one trick and it's right. the same thing. And it's that, that little cause of doubt. Well, if. If this is actually the truth, then prove it. That was good. That was good, I think. So, uh, listener, uh, what we want you to do, if you happen to either listen to this before you go to church uh, that Sunday morning or after you go to church, we want you to know, want to know which of those 12 themes, perhaps— did your pastor use? And if you use a different one, let us know what that is. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm sure there's a different one out there somewhere. <laughs> we yeah. Did, but, you know what? Yeah. Like, we can do that, and we can make it even easier, right? It, on the, the Facebook post for the, the episode, right? Hannah. Hannah. No. <laughs> this is this is the one that I post. This okay. is the one that I post, right? The one that has the episode link, and it says, yeah. hey, there's a new episode. On that post, if your pastor does one of those 12 themes, like the post. Hmm. If they didn't, dislike it. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Ah. And you know, you know what's really funny? Since I haven't written the sermon, there's a chance that it won't be one of those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we're going to get like two likes and then like 80 dislikes. <laughs> oh, well. That's well, right. that, was, that was fun. I'm sure the likes and dislikes measure the same in the, the metrics of this thing, don't they? I mean, shh, shh, don't give away don't, my secrets. Oh, don't give right. away my secrets. Okay, sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> So so yeah, I don't know if I could do I would be able to do that with every text off the top of the dome. 
Yeah, that like was, to say that was pretty impressive. I was, but this is this is one that's I'm pretty packed with a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, you'll I just, was taking notes. I, I, I was watching. I'm like, are you are you taking sermon notes well, here? I was just making sure he didn't why, repeat. Why wouldn't you? I was just taking. I was just making sure he didn't repeat. You know, I didn't want him. to... I was trying to be fair to the listener here to make sure we got all twelve original. You know, did, uh, did we themes. get twelve? Hey, hey, future Peter, did we get twelve? Hey, past Peter. Yeah, we did indeed hit 12, although it was kind of a bumpy ride, uh, but they worked it out. Uh, I guess two wrongs do make a right. All right, thanks, Peter. <laughs> it might have been 13, I don't know. But it, may have been, it may have been 11, and it may have been 13. Yeah. <laughs> Vicar and I were just shrugging at each yeah, other, yeah. looking at each well, other one like, of, one of what those, are they doing? I don't know. It'll, it'll get fixed in post. One of those was illegitimate. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Excellent. Um, so... That brings us to a new segment. Do you want to do that? Is it a sin? Is that the one we want to do? Yeah. Yes. Um. <laughs> that is kind of funny. I just say, is it a sin? Is it? That's the name of the segment. Yeah. Peter, play the intro. Come on down to Is It a Sin? All of us just took our headphones off for that one. <laughs> that one hurt. You're going to have to recalibrate. I've got one thing, Peter. One thing. <laughs> when, you, when you compress it. Yeah. You'll have to. I'm going to I'm gonna have to manually compress. turn you down on that one. <laughs> That's okay. It's, it's all right. Oh, turn yeah. Okay for you. Thanks. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I was just about to comment, too. Like, this is the first time since we've gotten even these microphones. Because we've gotten a new microphone. Um, but we've even, even the older microphones, I've never recorded with you guys on this. I've never recorded with you guys in the studio, I don't think, either. And I'm realizing, man, my microphone at home sounds terrible. Really? I like just, just hearing myself in these headphones, I sound so much better. Yeah. I might have to get one of these. Yeah. Um, what, what got us thinking about this, maybe? A little bit. What, what's getting us to talk about this is, is something happened to you. Right, yeah, you know, and, I yeah. and, and the listener will find this very interesting because people are worried or nervous or scared about this. Yeah, yeah, and, and they've heard lots of stories about it, I'm sure. And what is this? Well, I, I, uh, I just a couple weeks ago, I uh, was just minding my own business, uh, probably driving to visit somebody, and uh, I got a phone call from uh, the nursing home that I go to visit quite a bit, and they asked me if I wanted to get the COVID vaccine. And I said, uh, yes, when? Tell me when, because I'm anxious to get back to doing what I need to do, uh, you know, more often. And, and uh, basically, they, they gave me the first vaccine, and I just had my second one the other day. So in a week's time, I suppose I should be ready to continue. Now, there are people that are wondering, should I get the vaccine? Should I not get the vaccine? And I'm not here to tell you, you know, to do it or not do it, but some some are wondering about whether or not the vaccine uh, is um, somehow connected to abortion, like because we use uh, stem cells or something like that in order to uh, um, make the vaccine. And there was a nice write-up on the uh, um, Senate. I think you might have it there, right, Vicar? Yeah, I've actually got uh, President Harrison's email pulled up just in case Good. there was something specific we wanted. But right, right. I don't have anything specific on that email. But the gist of it is that the vaccine is not uh, something that Christians should uh, 
uh, wonder whether or not they should get it or not. In that case of it, I was I was interested in getting it because I was ready to be done with COVID. <laughs> Just the whole thing. But I don't think we're ever going to be done with it. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, fully. But you know what I mean? I, I wanted to get back to doing what I needed to do. And maybe it was some impatience on my part. And, and and so would you would you say that I think both you could say, is it a sin to get it or is it a sin to not get it? Right. Which is exactly. also what people say. Yeah. Well, that is another point, too, right? You know, I don't think we can classify either of those as sin. Um, you know, I don't think we can. Uh, because, you know, this is something that um, Christians can differ on. God's Word has not said, thou shalt get a COVID vaccine. Uh, God's Word does say that we should love our neighbor, right, and protect our neighbor. Uh, and uh, that means, you know, when you're in public, wear a mask, or, you know, if, if somebody's worried, you know, wear a mask uh, around them and stuff like that. Uh, so, to, so what you're saying is there's something called Christian freedom? Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. There is something called Christian freedom that means that uh, we can, um, you know, we are free to love our neighbor. And uh, this love for our neighbor takes many different forms according to our vocations and according to our own personalities, too, in, in some ways, too, you know. So that, that's uh, kind of how it goes. So, Yeah. So, so that's how we, we kind of got started on this this discussion. So we have a few, maybe a couple more. Yeah. So uh, what, what's uh, the first question, Vicar, that yeah. you got there? So we were talking about the is it a sin poss- possible topic a few times, and I started actually just jotting down some thoughts of, okay, what could be some good questions? And this was right around the time we were watching um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's personal trainer do some very terrible push-ups. Ah, yes. Which is what led to the first question, which is, you know, is it a sin if I am thankful that such and such person is dead? Hmm. With the the notion being someone who you disagree with politically. Politically. Hmm. hmm. Well, I would say this um, is uh, is if you're supposed to pray for your enemies, right? That. Uh, um, and and someone has does not know, does not any longer have the opportunity to repent. I would say that uh, all life, if every life we say is precious, that 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 I would consider that a sin, because we always desire the repentance of someone, and uh, uh, to be th- now you could be thankful that in their vocation is not being carried out anymore. And, but what you're in a way doing is, is uh, you're using uh, um, whitewashing a, a, a sin and a sinful desire that someone dies. That's, I guess that's hmm. off the top of the dome. Well, you know, that's one way to look at it. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to, pull back a little bit and think about it a little bit more. Uh, I think that we need to understand that, well, God does indeed desire that all people repent and come to a knowledge of the truth, that God's judgment is also just. And uh, it's not this thankfulness, yippee, woohoo, you know, all right, we got this person out of there, you know, or something like that. But it, it's it's uh, more of a situation where, 
God, you are just in your judgments, and uh, we we believe that, you know. Um, so, you know, I, I think that it would be a sin to say, um, yeah, glad that old, you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Careful. Careful, well, right. But and, Well, you can think, too. I mean, my mind immediately went to, you know, being thankful somebody's dead. What 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 is that feeling before they're dead? You're yeah. wishing for somebody. You're wishing to die. for death, right? Exactly, and that's not that's not. And that's right. definitely a sin. No, yeah. that's definitely a sin. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. But you know, it's it's this humility that comes from saying, God, your judgments are just, and you know, you you are going to judge the whole world, and that means me too. By the way, I, I suppose you know, one way we could uh, look at that this too is in light of the Psalms. Yeah. Right. Deliver my deliver me from my enemies. Right. You know, um, or. Uh, uh, What's that? What's that one psalm that that Pastor Preuss always uh, quotes? Uh, something about dashing babies against the. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't bring that one up. But but you know we we uh, we, uh, um, we we pray those uh, imprecatory psalms. I think that's what they're called. Mm-hmm. The imprecatory psalms, basically saying, "God, deliver me from my enemies. God, judge my enemies. Judge for me. Judge judge in my favor." You know, and and uh, that's that's all true. Now. You know, I mean, uh, David didn't take that too far. He he wrote that. You know, uh, God God uh, inspired him to write that. Uh, and yet, uh, you know, it's not that we wish uh, damnation on anybody uh, either. Um, this is a tough one. <laughs> I'm gonna throw a monkey wrench into this and Go change ahead. the wording. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know. you know, it, you know, is it a sin if I am thankful that a loved one is dead? Hmm. Mm. Well, well, yeah. Well, the, changing the context a little, right? Well, you could say this, um, and this is something that we deal with all the time as pastors, right? Where there are times where, where the end of the earthly life is a blessing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, all often, and you've seen this many times, where the the the, the death of a, of a loved one is is long and drawn out. God uses that in a way to prepare hearts and minds to to know that that person's with Jesus and in peace. Right. Perhaps the best way to look at this, I think, is to understand God's different understanding of life and death. He has a different understanding of life and death than we do, right? I mean, for us, life is our brains are working, our hearts are beating and stuff like that. But, you know, for him, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're you know, he's not the God of the dead, he's the God of the living. You know, and uh, not only that, but uh, there, are, there are people um, who are walking around, uh, their hearts are beating, their minds are working, and yet they're dead in their trespasses and sins. And uh, uh, they, need, uh, they need the gospel, they need the light of the gospel to shine on them. And, and uh, you know, this, this is something that that is, you know, is God is intending and working and 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 doing this. Uh, the point is, is that when we talk about life and death, we tend to think of our hearts and our minds. God, there there are people that have died, like 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 you say, that that their brains have stopped working, their hearts have stopped beating, and yet they're still alive, mm-hmm. you know, in Christ, and so. You know, to be thankful that they are out of that that God has taken them out of the tribulation of this world, 
is no sin at all. In fact, it's a cause for rejoicing, oftentimes a very heavy joy because we miss them so much. But, but it's a cause of rejoicing. I think about that with my dad. You know, I rejoice that he's with the Lord Jesus mm-hmm. in heaven. You know, I rejoice that he's still alive uh, with Christ and that I will see him again someday. Um, with uh, like stuff like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, it, it is, it is a, uh, a sadness, a, a sorrow that says that for all we know, she did not die uh, knowing Christ and knowing what Christ has done for her. She did not die believing that and trusting that. And that's a sadness, but it's also, you know, it's also saying God's judgments are just, and he's going to do what, what, uh, what is just and right and true in this matter as well. I, I, but I, I think we need to make a separation, something that, that uh, people tend not to do nowadays, yeah. and that is to even to separate what people's politics yeah. are with whether oh, they yeah. are alive or not. Yes, or exactly. whether they are deserving of life or not. Oh, I agree with that completely, hundred percent. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think, uh, you know, if we're going to talk about this, the commandment "You shall not kill." Yeah, right. Exactly. You don't that, to hurt or harm your neighbor bot in his body or desire it. Yeah, that's wrong. That's yeah. wrong. That's exactly right. That that is a sin. It is a sin to desire anybody's death. Um, well, so I think final answer. <laughs> final answer. <laughs> It depends. It's complicated. Yeah. That's right. It is complicated. That's my dad's favorite joke. Yeah. yeah. Uh, boxers or briefs? Depends. Depends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it depends on what you mean by life and death, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Funny. I think that's that's my dad's favorite joke too. No, it isn't. <laughs> you know, if it's my one of my favorites, because you would have heard it from me. Five or six times. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, do we have time for one more? Plenty. Yeah. Which which way do we want to go? How about this? Let's, let's do something a little interesting. Uh, so would it, would it be a sin to believe that the Earth is billions of years old? Wow. Yes. I would say yes. Yeah. That's... Yeah, I would say yes, it is. You know, and... We... Go ahead. This goes right in line with the top 12 list. It does. God has spoken, right? If that's you the know, thing. Did did he really did he really create the heavens and the earth? Yeah. Because in because six days because it affects so many things. You know, yeah. you, th- you think of now now that being said, um, you know, there are Christians who believe wrongly in all sorts of things. Right. That that uh, there there are inconsistencies. But but false doctrine is sin. Yes. And so with that in mind, there are a whole host of things that that would lead up. For example, okay, um, if if uh, we believe that uh, that as the Bible teaches that humanity is unique, right? Okay, at what point did we bec- trans did Adam and Eve uh, go from uh, uh, being an an ape or monkey like creature? in the line of evolution or to being human with the soul Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that confuses that um the miracle of life for example that we give to god um so there's all sorts of things that uh is born out of that which also then leads us to say um yes it is a sin to deny that god created as he said is is a sin. Yeah, I mean, 
I think you need to tease out a little bit more from that question, if you ask me. I, 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 you know, to, to hear it as you present it, yes, that's sin to deny that God created us, to, not, to deny that uh, he created us special, unique, uh, his unique creation as man and woman there. Um, and, and I think to deny that God did it in six days is, is, is sin because, I mean, it's clearly talked about there. Jesus believes it. <laughs> And he should know, you know. Um, I think we need to tease it out, though, because, you know, what is somebody actually saying when they ask that question? And and we need to work on that. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. And as we go through these, it's it's important to remember, too, is we have to be careful not to to use this in a way where we can use God's law as a mirror and a guide, not as this is essential to being right. Exactly. Because we're we're not we're not we have to make sure we're not being pietistic in this, right? And then right. saying you know the whole Christian life is about deciphering what is a sin, right? It is reflecting on the Ten Commandments and God's Word and using it to to lead us and guide us and as a mirror to see the sinfulness in our own hearts, for sure. But we are not saved by you know the reason why I bring this up is is um, we you, I'm sure you've dealt with a situation like this in the past where. People think on a certain issue, I'm saved because I believe correctly on how God created the world, or I believe correctly, you know, um, uh, you know, I remember way, way back when in Illinois that where where someone really was open in their sinful behavior, very open, and uh, rather than and then they said, but it's still important for me to be a Missouri City Lutheran because I believe in close communion. Cause that, yeah, because that's going to, you know. As though they were saved by closed closed communion. Yeah, it, and saved by their faith in right. closed communion. You know, it's, it's it's this faith in faith is really what we're getting at right. here. You know, and we're not saved by our, by our faith. We're saved right. by grace through faith in Christ, right? You know, that, that faith has a, a target. Right, something that it looks to. Yeah. So, so when we when so when we have this discussion of it is is it a sin? The conclusion is yes, I'm a sinner. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and, I mean, you know, there, I... there are people, there are Christians of yeah. of good conscience who wrestle with things like this. You know, who 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 wrestle with the way the world looks and and things like that. And I mean, I, I guess I I consider myself among them. I do believe that God created the world, and I do believe He did it in six days, and I'm willing to say six to ten thousand years ago. But other other details of all of that, you know, whatever Scripture says, I believe that. But I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not completely. I mean, I I, I don't go to Answers in Genesis and take everything they say as the same gospel truth right, that the Bible says. Because <laughs> yeah, because you know, there, there's an idea that to to, to believe when the Bible says, then you have to also believe on on whoever's theory about how this happened. Right, or, exactly. You know, did, you, how did the flood happen? You know, well, right. The the lattice work opened up from the sky, and the rain came down, and the the fountains of the deep came up, and it covered the whole earth. Now, the mechanics of that, the tectonics involved, or however you talk about that right. stuff, I don't know. God did it, you know, and that, that, that's what happened. Or, you know. Or you yeah. have, like, discussions of, see, the, the Grand Canyon is proof of the flood. And right. We don't know. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean. You know, so the, the idea that you're saying is, is by saying that, you're not saying that all the other things that come along with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know, because here's the thing that gets me, okay? 
because there there are uh, professors and uh, people, geologists, scientists, astronomers. What are some other sciences? I forget. Biology. Biologists. Yeah, that's a, that's a science, right? <laughs> uh, but they 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 know a lot of things, and uh, and they're very smart. And if we don't approach the scripture with some humility and say, we know that this is true, we're not going to be able to figure everything out exactly how it happened, you know, but we know that this scripture is true. They're, they're going to be able to take our little theories and pop them like little soap bubbles, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. oh, you think it happened that way. Well, I can tell you how that's impossible. Pop, you know, um, but, but what the scripture says is true. God created the heavens and the earth six days, uh, six to 10,000 years ago. I don't know, you know, I'm putting numbers out there. But you know, the, the point is, is that uh, what Scripture says, that's what we as Christians should go with. And, uh, you know, anybody who, uh, anybody who tries to find more than that, I'm suspicious of it. I'm suspicious of it. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Can I, can I pivot off that yeah, a little you, bit? Yeah, go right ahead. Go right ahead. So that doesn't mean that these scientists are doing their science wrong, right? I don't think so. I think they're, you know, I think they're doing it right. It's just they, they, they're operating with a framework that um, basically, the, the way I like to think about it is like this, okay? It's, it's like going fishing in the ocean, right? You know, you go fishing in the ocean with a net that has cells in it that are about uh, a foot wide, right? You're straining the ocean for that, and you never catch any fish that are under one foot, right? And you just declare, there are no fish out there that are under one feet long. Well, you know, that, that, that's kind of what science does. Science says, you know, we're only going to look at this very well-defined um, set of, of evidence, you know, and, and we're only going to interpret it in one way, with one framework. Right. And therefore we find that the earth is the, the way six billion years old and that, that God doesn't exist and that, you know, all this stuff. You know? And, and, and yeah. I guess a, a way that I think to, to answer that, too, is to understand that what we mean by science. Yeah. A science is repeatable. A science, you know, you have hypothesis and you prove it. Observable. For, right. So, yeah. for example, um, when we say, well, we believe in science because look at all the medicines. You talk, talk about the vaccine, yeah, right. right? Right. All yeah. those, you know, you, you have a vaccine. We test it out. Does it work? Or does it not work? You know, but then, really, seriously, I don't even care if it works or not. I just want to do my job. <laughs> so right. I'm just getting the vaccine so I can do my job. Right. You know, so I can wave, wave that card in people's faces and says, I got the vaccine. Let me do my job. But what's happening <laughs> What's happening now, Peter, is, is people are saying, even to have a debate about these things, you're anti-science. When science itself is having a debate about it. Yep. Um, and, so, and so, for example... Uh, when you think of how science really has allowed us to have a podcast, mm-hmm. you know, all those things, those are things we can repeat, we can redo. Now, are the origins of humanity, what position does that play in that? Is that something you can repeat over and over again? Well, no. Yeah, I don't see anybody creating any new humans except for where it happens naturally, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Right. You are a, the, the producer is a clone of my wife and I. Yeah. Well, not a clone. <laughs> I'm not sure about that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that's a good place to end it. Okay. All right. <laughs>
Very good. Uh, well, thank you uh, for joining us today. And uh, make sure you listen to our next uh, episode, which is episode 100. And we have a surprise for you for that. Dun, dun, Hopefully. Dun. Hopefully. There's a lot of lot don't, of technology don't hype this bridges to cross for it, but I'm well to to pull back the curtain. I'm here for this episode and for the next one, and we're recording them back to back. And Bert's got to go. The surprise is I'm not going to be here. Yeah, Bert, Bert's <laughs> oh wait, go. I just I just gave the surprise away. <laughs> Bert's got to go. Everybody rejoices. <laughs> Bert's got to go. We're swapping in Ber, Berg because of the scheduling lines up. Mm-hmm. And but, but it, we haven't figured out. If what we want to do is going right. to work, we yet. haven't figured the science out yet. The science is not. <laughs> it's not. Settled. It's just a theory right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, Vicar, where can they get a hold of us quickly? Okay, they can get a hold of us uh, through email feedback at clericalerrors.org. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash clericalerrorspodcast, and on Twitter at clericalerrorsp, p for podcast. Remember, remember, if your pastor. Used one of those top 12s, yep. like our Facebook po- uh, post, and if they didn't, dislike the post. All right. Uh, I'm Bullhagen. I'm Bert. I'm Vicar. You, do you want me to say it? I'm Peter. <laughs> hey, Pete. <laughs> and uh, may your loved ones stay alive. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, on Twitter at clericalheirsp for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.